listening to Good Morning, the podcast talking all things grief with honesty and humour. Welcome back to the Good Morning podcast. It feels good to be back on the mic, just me and you, doesn't it? It's been a while. It's been so long since we've done a me and you episode. I don't know what happened last season. We just got really stuck into the guest episodes. But every time we asked you guys what you wanted to hear more of, it kept popping up that you wanted to hear more of us chatting shit. So we're so excited to bring you that. Here we are chatting (laughs) chatting griefy shit. And we've got lots of community stories and messages for you all for this episode so yeah really excited to to bring you this one but before we jump in oh my god Im I need to tell you I was going through my mum's old whatsapp messages luckily I like archived them and downloaded the transcript while I had her phone Hang on a minute. You archived them and downloaded the transcript? I love this. That's such a good idea. Yeah, so you can download, like, transcripts from all of your WhatsApp messages. Um, Imagine ours. Archive them. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, sometimes when, like, sometimes, I don't know how many messages we send to each other a day, but sometimes <laughs> I need to find something, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's, like, it's, it's pointless because I'm never going to find it because it's just, like, even if it's in the same day, I'm like how on earth am I going to find this information? Because it is light years ago. <laughs> we, we, have this, we have this running joke, guys, that whenever Sal and I say goodbye to each other, we're like, all right, chat to you in five minutes because we know it's like never really goodbye. And the thing that I, like, I, I've never actually talked to you about this, but the thing that makes me laugh is every Friday after we kind of wrap up a work day, Sal always sends me a message being like, okay, enjoy your weekend. I'll speak to you like, you know, next week. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> What are you like? Who are you kidding yourself? You're gonna message me in five minutes, but every Friday she'll kind of tell me to have a good weekend. <laughs> oh, I know because I know it's so important to like take a break from grief, and I don't want you to feel like you know you've got to be kind of talking about grief or like good morning stuff all the time. But I mean, oh, we, we talk anyway. about other things these days, which is something good that we want to talk about in this episode too. Is we're not all just grief like related now, so not all of our conversations are about grief, which is. It's refreshing to have got to that point, but that there was a time so when true. it was all about grief, right? Definitely. And we still talk about grief, um, but it's not <laughs> a like the only thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so any any of you that don't know, you can actually download um, WhatsApp message transcripts. So it's not very, like, it doesn't look like your WhatsApp message thread. It's like, you know, just that kind of like basic text, but it's really helpful to have. So anyway... I found myself going in like down rabbit hole, looking at all my messages with my mum. I think I had them from like 2017. So I had about two years worth before she died, which I'm super grateful for. But I just wanted to share this one because it just made me laugh because it was like the essence of her. And it's really hard to explain, but she was like so caring, really gentle. Like she was very like well-read and like very educated and up to date on like current affairs and news um but also like had this like way about her that was just like I don't know like sometimes like quite formal in a sort of endearing way so anyway I'm going to read this out for you this was please in October 2018 so about a year before she passed hi Sarah just to bring to your notice that in the UK we turned the clocks back last weekend As you know, our window of chat time is now reduced. There's 11 hours difference. So in the PM, you can call me Sunday to Thursday, anytime up to 10.45pm, and on the weekends, up to 11.15pm. 
And in the a.m., Monday, 8.30 to 10 a.m., Tuesday to Friday, any time after 8.30 a.m., and Saturday and Sunday after 8.30 a.m. Of course, if it's important, and I mean, in caps, anything at all that you consider important, and it's outside of these hours, just try me. And then this is all in caps. Lots of love, mum. She's yelling, lots of love. <laughs> um, why is it so specific? Why have you got specific, like, hours that you can contact her? This is amazing. I mean, it was a Virgo, so maybe that was, like, you know, the level of detail. True. specific detail, you know, driven. But, yeah, this is, like, just such a, you know, it's caring, right? Like, I know she cares. Like, the love and care is there, but also it's, like, you know, are you a hotline mum? What's going on? <laughs> I love that anything that you consider important. It's yeah. like mm, a bit of a grey area, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Rose's hotline. Um, oh, Rose's I love business this. hours. So, and then also uh, like a sadder one. And it, this just really like, this got me. You know, I've spoken openly on the pod about my relationship with my mum. And mm. it wasn't always Rose's. You know, it wasn't always really great um I had a really difficult upbringing there were lots of challenges we didn't see eye to eye all the time and you know she used to kind of drive me mad a bit I'll be honest and I think it's really important to talk about that because quite often mm. we don't talk about the deceased in that way sometimes we do put them on a pedestal or see them through rose-tinted glasses and you know, I do. I think I do do that, but also I do acknowledge, like it. It was a. It was a challenge at times. Our relationship needed a lot of work, and it was only really randomly when I moved to Australia and that distance that we actually became closer. I think because I was maturing, I was growing, evolving. She maybe appreciated me more because I wasn't around, and yeah, like our relationship was. It was growing, and it would got to a really good place. So a, a couple of months before she died, so this would have been September because it was her birthday, so she died in November, she said, Dear Sarah, so anyone, regular listeners will know my real name Sarah, but I go by Sally. Dear Sarah, I opened your card when I got home yesterday. My eyes filled with tears of joy as I, as I read your loving words. It makes me very happy to think of how our relationship has evolved. I feel so lucky to have you as a daughter and aunt as my son-in-law with your lovely dogs too lots of love and then all in caps again mum <laughs> oh rose and then kiss 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 in caps as well yeah i and love her and Sal. Oh, yeah. you know you just like fucking hell like i mean i'm grateful that i have that to look back on and that she did feel that our relationship had got to that place but yeah. also it's like, God, it's so fucking unfair. Because like, you know, I was I think I was saying to you, or maybe I was saying to Ant the other day, I just feel so sad that I'm in a financial position now and I'm in a position in my life where I could spoil the shit out of my mum. And in my twenties mm. I wasn't always in that position. Like I was like working like, you know, PR is like not the most well paid job. I was living in like the world's most expensive city. You know, I didn't have a lot of spare cash. And now Also like, also wasn't top of our priority back then, let's be honest. No, and I'm not saying that I'm like fucking flush, but like I'm saying like now I'm in a position where I could do some you know, I did nice things for her, but like I could take it up a notch and I wish that I yeah. had those experiences. Um 
But there you go. That's just, yeah. That's just, so the, way, bloody that's unfair. just the way that the cookie crumbles, right? And it's, yeah, it's just, I, I'm grateful, but I'm also like so fucking annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, I just love hearing those messages of Rose because I feel like, I, I don't know, I get to know her a little bit deeper hearing how she, you know, constructs her messages and I just love it. And totally. Just quite I love like her poetic. formal, her poetic formal messages. It's so sweet. And, but yeah. just also really meaningful, you know, and I think that's similar with your mum and my mum is a lot of the messages that they sent was quite meaningful, weren't they? There were yeah. A lot of thought and depth to them. Yeah. I think they were both deep thinkers. Yeah. They were yeah. very considered, I think like, you know, mum, I don't think she just said things for the sake of it. You know, that there was a lot of like thought behind it and care. So, yeah. but yeah, sometimes like she'd like message me just something like basic, but it'd be like, like a Shakespearean sonnet, you know, mm. um, very poetic. I can I can really relate to you on those feelings, Sal, of just the unfairness and the timing of it all. And I mean, there's no good time to lose anyone. But I feel like me personally, I was always just my mum's daughter. Like she was always just my mum and she was the one kind of looking after me and taking me out and things like that. And I, I one thing that has really stuck with me is my mum loved having like uh, putting on a lunch or a dinner or a spread and having everyone come together. And it's something that I wish that I got to do for her was get out a nice tablecloth and set the table with flowers and, you know, have my own place where she could come and, and do that. And I never fucking got there while she was alive. And now I'm there and she could come, you know, and I could spoil her too in that way, in a way that I know that she loved to do for people that she cared about. And I just fucking hate it. I never got to throw her a, a lunch. Yeah. Maybe we could have a lunch anyway. We could just do it. Like, Aww. but not, you know, she'd be there in spirit. Maybe we could just, yeah, do something for them. I mean, we do stuff for them a lot. We should. But, you know, it might yeah. be nice. Well, her yeah. friends all do it for her birthday. So we always, like, every year we do a big thing for her birthday because, yeah, she loved that. But her friends kind of set the table for her and it's a, it's a whole thing. But, yeah, it's just those little simple things that, it's just such a shame that we don't get to do now that they're not here. Um, but that's grief and that's life, right? Sad I was, true. Yeah. Speaking of um, the griefy archives, recently I was going through, so I've got these two boxes under my stairs, so it's just full of all my sentimental stuff, like letters and just old photos and things not like my grief sesh box that's a bit different um but like even yeah just other random things from my childhood and I was going through it on a Sunday and I found this letter that I had written my dead grandma and I was reading and I was like oh my god I did I didn't even remember this I just literally just found it out of nowhere and um I'd love to read it out to you guys too because it's so sweet and it just gives you a little bit of insight to little Im and yeah. and what I was like we talking to my old grand no no no, no. <laughs> not quite there yet I was I was only nine calm down nine. <laughs> yeah calm down I was nine or ten when I wrote this um but I love that I was writing letters to dead people when I was nine or ten like yeah uh, you know, I was always kind of into doing this sort of thing. So anyway, I'll read out the, the letter to you. So my grandma, we call Nanan. So it's my mum's mum. Okay. And she died of cancer when I was, yeah, when I was about nine years old. So I wrote, dear Nanan, I love you very much and I miss you a lot. I wish you were still here alive with us. 
I got a kitten from mum. It's been a long time since I visited your grave. Sorry. <laughs> I love that bit. I'm going to Newcastle on the weekend. After that on Sunday, I get my kitten then. I hope you're always watching over me. Sometimes I can feel you around. It's good. I like it. Happy birthday for September. Love from your granddaughter, Imogen. (laughs) Can we just talk about this for a second? And I just think this letter, because we've heard a lot about kids grieving. They grieve in a way where it's like they're jumping in and out of puddles, right? And I feel like Mm -hmm. this letter really expresses that, where you can see where I'm just talking about something mundane, like going to pick up a kitten, but then I'm really sorry that I haven't visited your grave for a while. So I'm going to Newcastle on the weekend. Like I'm just kind of jumping in and out of like some really deep shit for a nine-year-old. Yeah. And what also is interesting is you talk about how you can feel her around and like you express that there's that connection. And it reminds me of Layla, who is very connected to your mum, isn't she? And always has been. And I, you know, yeah. it's kind of one of those things that we maybe don't always think about how in tune kids, kids are. Absolutely. And I do remember I did used to feel her around and I don't think that was anyone really telling. My mum was like, she definitely would have loved me have written this letter and keep that connection with my grandma. But I don't think anyone was telling me like, oh, you can feel her around. Like, I think I just genuinely did. Mm-hmm. I, I have this vivid memory after she died and I was on a... um I was on a ferry and I was going over to this place across the pit water and I thought that I saw her and it was so strong and vivid and like she was sitting on the ferry and I like freaked out and just had this moment where I was like, oh my God, I just saw her and I was so young and I just, I don't know, it was just tripped me out and I, it's really stuck with me that, that memory mm. of catching yourself when you think you see them, right? Mm. Yeah. It's a funny feeling. But yeah, I love that Layla is super connected to my mum. But I had, you know, nine years with my grandma where we formed a really strong bond and connection. But I do feel like Layla has that, even though she probably won't remember my mum because she was so young when she died. Um, but the other day, oh my God, Sal, it broke my heart. She like drew her a picture and she was like, oh, I want to say dear grandma. So I had to write dear grandma. And then she copied it and like copied my handwriting. I'll actually show you a picture. I'll put this on social so you guys can see. But it was so heartbreaking, but beautiful. And I think if anyone's listening to this and they have kids or grandkids who are grieving, like doing little things like this together can be such a beautiful way to keep that connection alive with people who are no longer here i can't find the picture but i'll i'll post it up on um instagram so you guys can have a look but it's yeah it's just heartbreaking and beautiful all in the same note and she's very attuned isn't she layla like didn't you have like a funeral for a dead fly the other day as well (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yes okay so there was a dead fly on the ground because we're talking a lot about death right now death and dying and now she's like grandma died grandma's dead she's asking me when she's coming back it's really really hard but i'm trying to be as blunt as possible and use concrete language like you're supposed to when talking to kids about death and anyway so this she finds this dead fly on the floor she's like the fly is dead we need to have a funeral for it i'm like okay what do you want to do for it so she makes this shrine for the dead fly 
in a box and Ben, my partner, was helping her make it. So they did this little cross and then all these feathers and diamantes stuck on the cross. I was very like Mexican Day of the Dead vibes. I was I was quite into it. And um, so then we've got the, the dead fly on a little altar under the cross in the box. And so Layla pulls out her harmonica, starts playing the dead fly a song on her harmonica. Um, I've got the whole thing on video. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm playing, the, playing him a song. So he's happy, and yeah. So we all attended Aww. the flies' funeral. I just, I love her so much. She's such a beautiful kid. I just, I love that she did that for the dead fly. You know, every every being matters. So good on you, Layla. Um, oh my yeah. god! Also, I just, I, I, you know, we are literally like just going on tangents here, but I have to tell you about this grief brain moment that I had last night. It is probably my biggest grief brain moment ever. That's a big call, Sal. Like, bigger than the time you wore two different shoes out? Oh, yeah. Like, bigger than that. Way bigger. I mean, can I even call it grief brain? Like, I'm like three and a half years in. Is that even valid? Or is it just me being blonde? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes, you fucking can. It's three years in. We all know it's not very long, right? Guys, listening? Okay, I'm claiming yeah. it as grief brain then. So anyway, took Albert to the vet yesterday because he's not been very well. As we were leaving, the vet was like, he needs a bit of a wash. And I was like, oh, you know, you feel that like condescending shame. Like I didn't <laughs> wash my dog, but I was like, okay, noted. So I was like in a bit of a tiz. I was in a bit of a tiz anyway. And um, I said to Ant, like, we need to wash the dogs. We need to put them in the bath. We need to wash them. And he could sort of tell that I was like on one. So he was like, okay, let's do it. So put them in the bath, couldn't find the dog soap anywhere. Where is it? Don't know where it is. So I went in the cupboard because I was like, I feel like I remember I've got a random dog soap somewhere in the cupboard, like this little green bone shaped thing. I think, you know, someone gave it to me or I got it from a market. Can't remember, but I'm pretty sure we've got another one, a spare one. So I'm rummaging around in the cupboard and I find it and we go and we start washing Peggy first. And... I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not, now I say lathering, but you say lathering. So I'm just going to go with my <laughs> pronunciation. So I like, it's not, it's not lathering up or lathering, however you want to say it. <laughs> I love that you say <laughs> lathering. So I'm posh. lathering too. I was like, oh, does he? Lathering. Yeah. Oh my God, is it me? Oh my God, maybe I'm the weird one. <laughs> anyway, the suds aren't, aren't flowing. It's not like there's not anything happening. I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> like we're like rubbing this like soap on Peggy. Anyway. And washes Peggy, like, head to toe with this soap. And then we start on Albert. And Ant's like, uh, hang on a minute. The coating's come off. It's actually a biscuit. <laughs> I washed my fucking dogs with a biscuit. Um, oh, my God, Sal. Oh, I was like, Ant was like, let's just stop. Like, we, like, I was like, and you got through it. But, like, you got through a whole dog wash without realising yeah. it was a, bis- a biscuit. Oh, my God. I just God. thought it was shit soap. Oh, so, yeah. If anyone's having a bad day, did you wash your dog with a biscuit? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Poor old, wow. Poor old Peggy. Like, so then I was like, oh, I need to go to the supermarket to get, like, so and he was like, just calm down. We'll do it tomorrow. Just chill. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> so, yeah. So, You're yeah, hilarious. That's one, one for the grief brain books, isn't it? Fucking biscuit wash. Love that for you. I haven't had a grief brain moment for a while, actually. That I mean, that I think that does take the biscuit. No pun intended. <laughs> like... 
Shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Before we get into uh, community um, responses, because we've got some really good ones today, just a very quick one. We have been working really hard behind the scenes while we've been off air on something that we think you're all going to really love. Our platform and Good Morning has grown massively over the years, hasn't it, Im? And yeah. the one thing that we constantly hear from people, or one of the main things that we hear from people, is how much they want to find their South, their Im, how they wish they had a connection with somebody that was going through a similar experience. They want a friendship like ours. And we can, you know, we, we're testament to the fact that finding your people in grief can be one of the biggest things to help you cope. So... We're building something to bring you support on a whole new level and to be able to give you the opportunity to access peer-to-peer support and connect with people going through a similar situation to you. So we're building a a peer-to-peer support network. It's going to be a bit like a membership, isn't it, Im? Yes, like a social club for grievers, guys, like a social network for grievers. So excited to bring it to you. Um, We've been working really hard on it in the break and it's just going to be great. And I think... I often think what our lives would look like if we didn't find each other, if we didn't have that person to share our grief with and message constantly about, you know, grief brain moments and all the things and share messages of our mums. Like just having that person who gets it has been crucial for us in our healing. And we really want to help you guys find yourselves here in pretty much and just find someone who you can connect with. And so by becoming a member, you guys will be able to meet like-minded good mourners who get it. You'll be able to access tools and resources to help you in your grief. And the best part is you actually get to come and hang out with us. So we're going to be doing monthly virtual Zoom meetups and Sal and I are going to be facilitating those. So we are so excited for that element of it, obviously. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. So if this sounds like something that you need in your life right now, you can head to the show notes and join our wait list. Um, I can't believe how many people are actually on our wait list. It's so exciting. Like so, so super exciting. exciting. So you can find it there. And also, um, just a very quick shout out to Miss F. Winterflood, who left us a really amazing book review. She said, I really love this book. I feel like it's got my back in the grieving process. And I give or recommend it to anyone I know going through their own grief, as well as offering emotional comfort and practical coping tips. It touches on some fascinating insights into spiritual development that can come from dark times. It talks about scientific studies and research, but never gets too heavy and is totally accessible, even in the most intense grief brain moments. Like washing your dog with a biscuit. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, ladies, for being there for us. It feels good to be part of this community. So just amazing. Thank you so much. I just love, absolutely love that review and hearing how people are perceiving and and responding to the book. Just, yeah, it's, it's priceless. So beautiful. Thank you for sending that in. And guys, if you have read our book and you have loved our book, it would mean so much to us if you did leave us a review on whichever platform you bought it off. Um, So now we've got all those things out of the way, let's move into our community question for this episode. So basically, 
What we loved about previous formats is the Grief Tip Tuesdays, and you guys have all said that you love them as well. Also, our old Up Close and Griefies and our Grievers Anonymous as well, which is where our community members send in their voice messages. So we kind of want to do a bit of a mix, a bit of a mashup of all those things that we all love. Um, so what we've got is we've got a, a message from our community member that they've sent in, and then we've got some really beautiful community responses to that message. So off we go we hope that you guys enjoy so a lovely community member wrote to us and asked us if it's wrong to say that she feels okay even though she's grieving the loss of her mum and we thought it was really important to discuss this topic so we threw it out to you guys for your responses which we'll include after we read this out so here's what she said i've thought about something for a while And I don't know if you have heard others say something similar or talked about it on your podcast. Having lost my mum to cancer when I was 19, about to turn turn 20, life has been challenging and a wild rollercoaster of emotions where I sometimes thought I would never get up again. But after four and a half years since my mum's death, something's changed. And I will ask something that I never thought I would say. Is it wrong to say that I feel okay? With that, I mean, is it wrong of me to finally be thinking and feeling like I'm not drowning, or at least not as often as before? For the first time, I could sit at my mum's grave, where I always tell her how I'm doing and tell her that I'm doing okay. For the first time since I told her to let go, I can breathe without hurting. And I know my mum would cry with happiness, knowing that her little girl is doing okay. Now, this is not to say that I'm not grieving or hurting anymore because I still am. My grief will never leave me. I still cry because I miss her and I need her and it still hurts, but I can breathe. I never see people talking about this side of grief, this weird side of being okay, doing good, maybe even feeling happiness, and at the same time having grief and sadness as well. I feel like there is this very heavy weight that has been lifted off me but I almost feel guilty, like I should go back to how I was feeling, to hurting so badly that I can do nothing but cry, begging my mum to come back. But I can't go back to that. I know my mum would be so proud to see how far I've come. I still have a long way to go and my grief is still very much there and will go nowhere, but it's different now, maybe in a good way so important to talk about and just the first thing that springs to mind is that quote that we have in our book from David Kessler when we talk to him on the pod and he talks about maybe over time your grief will feel less like pain and more like love and I think this is such an important topic to talk about and one that I can really relate to because some days I also feel okay and as time goes by the grief bombs and that intense pain has eased and that is absolutely okay and I think everyone's different and our grief and the way that we respond to things is shaped by our relationship with the person circumstantial culture upbringing all of these things but I think that over you know four and a half almost five years it is normal to be feeling like you can cope and to be feeling okay Because wouldn't life be just really difficult if you were always in that place of, of, you know, deep pain and hurt 
and and suffering all the time and of course like we're always thinking of them and the grief and the pain is there but it just it, it moves and it's a little bit different right and and I think we can really judge ourselves can't we we feel okay because we think does it mean that I'm not grieving does it mean there's something wrong with me but grief is still there we talk about this all the time don't we Im? you just learn to integrate mm. it into your life and maybe the pain isn't as you know all consuming all the time it's again really important to say it's so different for everyone but it is also absolutely okay to be feeling okay and I think your mum would want you to be living your life and feeling happy and you know even in the early days as well grief and joy can coexist right it's definitely yeah it's important to talk about this one I also love this message because it it gives so much hope to people who are in those early trenches of grief, you know, and you can hear it in her message too. When she was back there in those early days, she couldn't imagine being in the place that she is now. And I can really relate to that too. You know, there were Mm -hmm. moments where I just thought I would never feel okay again. And I thought, this is it. There was no hope for the future. It looks so dark trying to envisage a life without my mum in it. It felt unsurvivable some days. And you can really feel that, that this listener had a similar experience and, and now she's kind of in a different place and a different space with her grief. She's reflecting back onto those days, but then feeling guilty for it, which mm-hmm. is also really common. It's really common to be feeling like you're doing okay or moving forward and leaving your person behind. or It's just such a complicated experience but I just love that she's able to kind of sit back and reflect on that I also remember in the early months like I would wake up and it would literally be the first thought that would just like hit me in the face like your mum is dead it was just like someone screaming at at me in my face Mm -hmm. and I never thought that I'd wake up and that wouldn't be my first thought again I remember I talked to you about this load cell I was like I'm never gonna wake up and not think that or feel that you did you talked about it a lot and I think it's really important to yeah it's really important to talk about how grief evolves right like when I first met you you were so in the thick of your grief like you did you you it was dark wasn't it and you couldn't see a hope for the future and to look at you now and how far you've come you know I'm so proud of you and I think it is important to talk about how it does evolve and there was something on Instagram that we saw was it a while ago and it was like light grief and dark grief this concept like some people don't want to feel better some people want their pain to always be there some people don't believe that you that you that you feel better and that you can feel you know happiness or feel okay and then there's that there are people that do believe that and that want to feel better and okay and move forward with their lives while still carrying their person with them so I think it's really subjective to you and your beliefs and your situation but I think it is is fairly common to to be feeling okay over time and you know that light and dark grief thing too it can change you can be a mix of both like some days you just want your pain to be witnessed and you want to read things that you can really relate to like you know, a quote by someone who's feeling exactly the same kind of pain as you in that moment. And then some days you might want a little bit of hope and a little bit of lighter content that you can kind of connect with and think, okay, I'm feeling really shit now, but in the future there might be 
you know, brighter days ahead. So it can be a real mix too. Like grief is a roller coaster, like this person said as well. Like it's up and down, it's all over the shop. So we judge ourselves all the time. We do, but definitely don't judge yourself. You know, it's um, it's perfectly okay. So thank you for sharing. And Ruth actually called in with some beautiful words of solidarity and some helpful advice for this community member. So let's take a listen. This lady's views are mine exactly too. And I'm not as far along the process as her. Um, our son died um, two and a half years ago. And the pain of grief is so intense and so very real. Um, and I know we have to keep living. Um, and the only way that I cope is to find small moments of joy every day to just spur me forward to be able to cope with the next moment, um, the next minute, the next hour. Um, our love will never die for our son. In fact, it increases. Um, he was 25 years old when he died suddenly. Um, and it's something that we have to learn to carry um, to be able to get through life and to be able to face the challenges of life. Um, and I think that is the tricky issue. Um, so sending love to all the other people who are experiencing such intense pain and loss um, because a lot of people don't understand and they think you should have moved on by now, which one can't. And I know I'll never move on. Um, I'll just learn how to carry what really can't be fixed. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, firstly, Ruth, we're so sorry for your loss and thank you for sharing your experience and advice with us all. And I think Ruth is absolutely right. Like it is about learning how to carry the pain of grief and grief isn't something that we move on from. That doesn't mean like, you know, we won't feel okay over time, but it isn't something that can be fixed or that we simply get over. And again, it's so circumstantial, isn't it? It's so different for mm. everyone, how whether you feel okay over time or not, there really is no right or wrong. But I think Ruth's advice of knowing that, you know, almost like your love increases for them. And again, going back to that, like over time, maybe it does feel more like love, you know, your love doesn't go anywhere. And almost carrying that when you're feeling guilty, that you feel okay, remembering that immense love that you have for your mum, I think that's a really beautiful way to think about it. And also Ruth's advice about taking small steps forward. I know, Im, for you, going micro was really important, wasn't it? And focusing on tiny elements of joy rather than trying to think, will I ever feel happy again? And I think that's great advice. Oh, it was absolutely crucial in those early, and that definitely in the first year. And then that's the thing, you go micro and you take things minute by minute, day by day, and then over time, things do change. So you just have to trust that process as well and just hold mm -hmm. on to that there will be brighter days and we, we promise. And it's just so hard to see sometimes when you're in the trenches. Um, thank you so much, Ruth, for sending that in. And we've also got a message here from our friend of the pod, David Kelly, and he's reminded us about two of our favourite grief theories, which can be a great way to understand grief. So let's take a listen. Hi, Salonim. I'm... Uh... Seven years along in my grief for my wife's death, and I just wanted to validate what this community member feels and, and say that it sounds a perfectly normal experience in grief to me. Nothing wrong with it at all. 
for me it ties in nicely with my favorite models of grief, the, the dual process model and Tonkin's grow and grief model. As we, we do more work on our grief and become more familiar with it, more comfortable with it, I think it allows us to spend more time in the restoration coping activities in the, the dual process model. We can still sometimes oscillate back to the loss coping activities, but as we grow around our grief, as in Tonkin's model, our, our capacity to have a bigger buffer between our grief and other aspects of our life increases. I see this member's feeling of that, um, that heavy weight being lifted as being reflective of this bigger buffer between her grief and other parts of her life. Of course, you know, as I know, she knows and many others know that the grief is still there. Uh, it's still present. It's still felt. But um, just felt differently compared to the early days in grief, in part because of this of the presence of this buffer thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us david and also just for being such a supportive member of our community you're always the first to like send in messages and respond and we absolutely love it and we're grateful for you and we also love the dual process model and it just really helps to normalize it's absolutely okay and normal to like feel okay sometimes and in fact i think it is so important for us to take a break from our grief, which sounds wild, doesn't it, Sal? But it's, it is super important. It's so important because you can't be one, you can't just be solely grieving or solely not. You need to have both in order to process. So yeah, some great advice there, David. And we love a bit of grief theory here on the pod. <laughs> so Jamie has got an experience um, with us that she wanted to share for this listener. So let's take a listen to what Jamie has to say. I think that that's actually one of the most beautiful things about grief is that suddenly one day you're just out of it and it's weird. But for me, because I've known this deep loss a couple of times, I also lost my dad. I knew that one day it would lighten and I would be okay again. And so I just had to continue to go forward and trudge through the sludge of grief um, to kind of know and be sure that like eventually that day will come with this experience of losing my mom as well. And both experiences were different, but it was honestly around five, five and a half years for both where I finally felt okay. Trudge through the sludge of grief. I absolutely love that. What a great Amazing. way to explain it. It is. It does feel like you are trudging through sludge, doesn't it? Especially in the early days. Um, thank you, Jamie, for sharing your experience. And um, I think that offers a lot of hope to listeners as well, doesn't it, Im? Definitely. I love that saying. Sludge. Trudge through the sludge of grief. Very poetic. And we've also got some responses from community members who wrote to this listener on Instagram. So love, live, learn, lol, wrote in and said, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, ni the 19th of um, the 9th will mark two years for me and I'm starting to feel this way now. But now I'm in disaster recovery mode, dealing with everything and putting myself back together. It's a long road, but I'm accepting that I'm starting to feel okay. Love that. And Christy Millard says in capital letters, this is me. And thank you so much for normalizing this feeling, emerging from the fog, but feeling somewhat guilty about it. 
don't feel guilty definitely don't feel guilty and then lastly jen jager what a great name um responded with this she says i relate to this message so much thank you for sharing it and thank you to the listener who wrote in my dad died in 2020 and for a while it was dark and seemingly hopeless But while before I felt like my grief was this all-consuming thing that flooded every area of my life, now I feel like it's more solid and something that I can carry around with me, but it doesn't drown out everything else I do and feel. I always think I can breathe now. And I think this is a beautiful way of putting this feeling into words. And I know this is what my dad would want for my sister and me. But... The hardest part is watching my mum struggling so deeply and knowing that she is not there, not at the stage of being able to breathe. It's heartbreaking and challenging to navigate while trying to maintain my own mental state about it all. I think one of the hardest things about grief in a family is how differently each person goes through it while still trying to support the other family members. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that listener message really resonated with me and thank you both for all that you do. Thank you, Jen, for sharing that. And I think it's, yeah, it is that feeling of like being able to breathe and it is all consuming at the very, you know, for the first few years, isn't it? And it's all, you know, it just takes over your life. And again, I think people don't realise how the ripple effect of grief and how much it impacts us. And, and from a, like a family relationship perspective, we talk about this a lot in our book, don't we, Im? But mm. everyone grieves differently, which can be really tough. But then also, you know, for your mum, her secondary losses, you know, when you lose a partner or a spouse, they're huge, aren't they? It's like your financial independence, your confidant, your life partner, you know, your your visions and hopes for the future, your your plans for the future. There's so many things that can impact you when you lose a spouse. So I think it's, yeah, it's that kind of sense of like how people's lives are impacted as well. We might find that we're coping in different ways or feeling okay at different points because of things like that. So yeah, it's really important to talk about. And thank you so much, Jen, for sharing that with us. And also just one other quick one before we go today. So this message came in from Nick and we thought it'd be good to share. She asked, I lost my mum in October. I feel like I'm coping okay, but I keep bringing it up with strangers in shops, receptionists, etc. I don't know why I keep doing this. Is this normal? I have a supportive family. I love your podcast and it's been a great help during this awful time. Oh, thank you, Nick, for sending this in. And yes, absolutely, it's normal. Sal, you can relate. Give me the mic. Give me the stage, guys. (laughs) I can relate to this one. And I think just top line, really quickly, we all have different coping mechanisms. For me, when I went back to work, I absolutely overshared my grief. And I spoke about my mum in a what probably seemed quite a rational way. Um, And I was able to talk about her and keep it together. And I say embrace it. Um, It's there's a there's a, a a grief um type theory have a look at in, into it it's the intuitive versus the instrumental griever i think that i was more of an instrumental griever and what is a common trait of instrumental grievers is that you are you do find processing by talking on about your person in like a sort of rational way so it might be that it's like a almost like a coping tool for you but um i think the more conversations the better so definitely don't judge yourself and it's definitely you're not doing anything wrong 
Absolutely. Keep talking about your grief, guys. That's why we keep banging on about it because it's so important to have these open and honest conversations because it helps other people know that it's okay to talk about it too. And so that's all for now. If you guys have a question like this community member that you'd like us to answer on the pod, you can send us an email at hello at goodmorning.com.au and that's morning with a U or leave us a voice note via the link in our show notes or via the link in our Instagram bio. We hope that you guys have enjoy this episode and we'll be back in your ears very soon as always a huge thanks for tuning in guys we really hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode and before we go we have a little favor to ask we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast as it really helps other grievers find us too until next time 